May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. These are some stunning words from St. Paul this morning, aren't they? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Paul is writing to the Ephesian Christians, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another. What a trajectory for St. Paul, the one who sought to destroy the church in its infancy in Jerusalem, is now writing to the church in Ephesus, urging kindness and forgiveness. The one who held the cloaks of the people who stoned St. Stephen, the church's first martyr, is now sending words of encouragement to the Christians of another place, some of whom will surely face martyrdom themselves. Paul, who once sought out the disciples to throw them into prison, now writes to them as one with authority, urging them to put away all evil talk and bitterness and slander. How can this be? How can one who sought to kill write such words of life? Who does he think he is, waxing so eloquently about forgiveness? He writes a big game. But is there forgiveness for Paul himself? Is there forgiveness for David, for his messed up, broken family? Over the last few weeks, we've heard just some of David's story, and there's much more that we didn't hear, and it's even worse. (laughs) David, this powerful man, this king, who in his insatiable lust takes Bathsheba to be his wife and sends her husband Uriah to the front lines of battle knowing that he will die. His son Absalom now in open rebellion, a civil war challenging his kingdom. There's so much violence against women in this story. There's so much bloodshed It's an unholy mess. But is there forgiveness for David? Or has he simply reaped what he's sown? Is there forgiveness for us? For us who are so content, it seems, right now, to live with our many divisions. 
so quick to judge, so slow to listen. We who get so angry when things don't go our way, we who use more resources than we should, we who've each become our own expert, our own little god, thinking we know how others should live their lives while not doing a very good job with our own. We who are coming back slowly from more than a year of a disruptive pandemic and just want everything to go back to the way it was, no matter how bad it was for some before. Stubbornly refusing to change, even if it's for our own good. Is there forgiveness for us? Friends, I don't have an eloquent answer to this question, but only the one I know to be true. It might not be satisfying to all of us, for it's horribly simple. The answer is yes. Yes, yes, there is forgiveness for us. There is forgiveness for you, no matter what you've done. Friends, the good news, maybe the only good news we have right now, is that there is forgiveness for us. There is forgiveness in the bread of life, in the one who says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There is forgiveness in this meal in this meal where we meet the risen Christ, where we meet the one who came in forgiveness to his first disciples, to those who had abandoned him in his darkest hour, he who came and showed them his wounds and said, peace be with you, and breathed his Holy Spirit on them and sent them out to the whole world, to Ephesus and Rome, and South Africa, and India, and the Arctic Circle, and the corner of 16th and Central in Indianapolis. The very same one who comes to us today in bread and wine, who knows how much we've hurt each other. And God knows we've hurt each other. It is in this meal that Christ forgives us. Us who get angry at one another, who think we know the right way to act, the right way to think, the right way to vote, the right way to pray, and then get down to that devil devilishly fun work of judging every single person to our right and to our left who disagrees with us. Every single person who can't live up to our impossible standards. God in Christ has forgiven us. And not content to simply let us be forgiven, to bask in this love for ourselves alone, he commands us to turn around and to forgive those who have done the same to us. There is no other way to live together in love. Whom do you need to forgive? To whom do you need to listen for forgiveness? 
We can shout God loves you from the rooftops as loud as we can. We can put as many the Episcopal Church welcomes you signs in front of our doors. But how can we expect the world to believe us? How can we expect the world to forgive if we cannot face the depths of our own sinfulness and learn to forgive others as we have been forgiven? If we cannot learn to stretch out our hands, to open our hearts and make them soft and tender, and let the risen Christ come in to love and forgive us. Christ is here to forgive. The same Christ who was present in God's forgiveness of David. God's promise to David that no matter how horribly he had messed up, no matter how out of control things had gotten, that God would not take his love away from David, that God would use and work through this sinful man and his dysfunctional family to bring about the work of God's love and forgiveness on earth. The same Christ comes to Paul, that great persecutor of the church, and knocks him off his horse, speaks words of forgiveness to him, and then speaks words of forgiveness through him. As Paul spreads the good news of God's love and forgiveness in Jesus Christ to anyone who will listen, to Jew and Gentile alike. The same Christ comes to us today in gentle words, in soft hearts, in bread and in wine. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Yes, yes, there is forgiveness for Paul, for the Ephesians, for David, for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.